There's such an emphasis in the body of Christ through many camps about the authority of the believer. So glad we go to a church that isn't following a crowd, but is following the cloud. Authority. I so appreciated pastor's message last week. Glory to God. And then he gave us little books. Hallelujah. Now, how many places you go to get a free book? Hallelujah. Now, those of you that got a free book, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have read it? Okay, we got a few hands, a few, a few honest souls. You know, it's so important in this day to walk in your authority in Christ Jesus. Authority in the last days is not a side issue. It's not a peripheral issue. There is so much activity in the spirit realm. And by the way, there are more that be with us than those that be with them. I'm talking about the enemy. But there's so much activity in the spirit realm that believers that are not operating to the fuller extent of their authority are at a great disadvantage. I spent the week after Pastor Mark ministered that masterpiece on Sunday, I spent the week reading all the, I dug out all the books that I had on authority. I had the really old uh, authority of the believer, the purple one with the old fashioned <laughs> collector's item there from Brother Hagen. I found, thank the Lord, I found my Macmillan copy. Hallelujah, I had that for a while. I read the Billy Bram one. I read so many books on intercession and on taking authority. And I am persuaded that this is the church's finest hour. Hallelujah. I'll relay a little story to you that he relayed, Brother Hagen relayed in, in one of his books. It, it all gets blurry because when you read all of them and the story is kind of in the same book, same story in a lot of different books. But it was the one where he had this vision about Jesus. Jesus was speaking to him. And then suddenly he was teaching him about authority. And then this, this imp was making noise. Remember that story? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. He's making this noise and going, ah, bah, 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 bah. now the way he described it, it was yakety, yakety, yak. <laughs> and to the point that Brother Hayden couldn't hear what Jesus was trying to get across to him. And he sensed the urgency that he needed to hear what Jesus is saying. This is important. And he kept thinking, it, doesn't Jesus see what's going on here? Like, Hello, I can't hear what he's saying. There's, it's obvious there's something in the way, this demonic uh, expression. And uh, so he uh, had this conversation with Jesus, and he said, actually, Jesus answered to him, if you don't do anything about that, I can't. And he says, surely you heard wrong. It's not that I can't. It's, it, it's maybe you won't, but I can't. Like, I can't. And he says, I, and he said the same thing multiple times. I can't do anything. And basically about it, basically he put it off on Brother Hagen. He said, you need to do something about that. Right. We need to learn something about delegated authority. Amen. We're not really the greatest as Americans at authority to tell you the truth about it. We are just not that good at authority. People tell us 
to do something and we do the opposite or when I feel like it, I mean, after all, I'm an American. You know, we've got dogs that we can't even control. (laughs) That's right, your dogs are out of control. Now, I have first-hand experience. I used to be an official USA Postal Service mailman. And I found myself stranded atop many a car, trying to save my life, spraying that stuff in with the wind in San Francisco, that pepper spray goes that way. And, you know, owners could come down and say, stop, don't, and over here, and, and come and sit and all that, and none of that worked for them. No, no understanding of authority. And then, oh my goodness, authority. It's not a side issue, church. Let me, let me read you a little story in Matthew 8, 5 through 10 in the King James Version. This is the story of the centurion. And we're going to look and see how important an understanding of authority is when you understand obedience and submission you'll understand faith better. Notice how closely faith and authority are linked together. Watch this. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Ah, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also, watch this, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers, right, under me. And I say to this one, go. And what happens? He goes. Let's just keep this real simple. And I say to the other, come. And what happens? And he comes. And to my servant, I say, do this. And what happens? He actually does it. Now, I realize this is a very rare occurrence in your life. I get it. Try having a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a (laughs) 13-year-old. Try being a manager at a store somewhere. We're Americans. Nobody can tell us what to do. We're free. (laughs) Never mind. Now, when he heard this centurion make these statements, when Jesus heard it, he did what? He marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great, what? Faith, Faith, not even in Israel. Now, isn't that a peculiar statement? I hear the, I see the, the gears turning. The centurion has a dissertation or a monologue about authority. And he says, I tell this person to come, and he comes. I tell that one to go, and I tell my servant, do this, and they do it. And I'm a man of and under authority. So just speak the word. And he's commenting on authority. 
Jesus did not say, I have not seen such great authority. Did he? What did he say? I've not seen such great faith. And I might expound a little bit on that. An understanding that, believe it or not, as amazing as it may seem, part of your inheritance as being raised up together in Christ Jesus is for you to be able to say something that really means something and it actually happens. (laughs) The power of decree. Let's not make this so difficult. We've been renegade. Come on, we've been poor at this ourselves. I believe that in order for, for you to have people respond to you when you're in a position of authority, I think it's important for you to be a person under authority yourself. Dads, moms, to see, for your kids to see you submitted to God, humble to Him, to the Word of God, even to the point of repentance. Son, I'm really sorry. I, I got upset and, and I was wrong. The Word says this, and I got out of hand. Can you please forgive me, son? That takes a real man. It takes a real woman to be able to be submitted to God. But then you set the example for those that are under you. I think our kids would rather submit under us if they realize that we're submitted under God. Husbands, I think our wives would be submitted unto us a little easier if they knew that we were submitted under Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not going to meddle. I'll let Pastor Brenda or Pastor Mark do that. Hallelujah. They're so good at it. So in the message version, look what it says. Oh no, the captain said, I don't want to put you all to all that trouble. Just give the order and my servant will be fine. I'm a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier, go and he goes. Another come and he comes. I, I, and to my slave, I say, do this and he does it. And he says, take a back. Taken a back, Jesus said, listen to how, how it says it in the message. I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know all about God and how he, what? How he works. We should know how God works. This is not a free-for-all. God established dominion and authority from the start. So don't get sad and sorry on me because you know what? You're the head, not the tail. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. That's verbiage of authority. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Authority and dominion begin with God. Some words that kind of work along, I guess, as cinnamon, not cinnamon, but synonyms, thank you. (laughs) I had to preach, I was not going to preach about food, Pastor Nancy, okay. Synonyms. Power, authority, jurisdiction, control, command, sway, and dominion. Power implies the possession of the ability to wield force. 
Hallelujah. Authority implies the power for a specific purpose within specified limits. Hallelujah. Jurisdiction applies to the official power exercise within those prescribed limits. Hallelujah. Control stresses the power to direct and restrain. Praise the Lord. Here's one. Parents, teachers. It says, for the students under your control. <laughs> Just a thought. Anyway, sway. Suggest the extent. Your dogs. Okay. Control. Can you please control your dog? Please. Okay. Sway suggests the extent of exercise of power or influence. Or, and then dominion is probably the top dog, no pun intended, stresses, <laughs> stresses sovereign power or supreme authority. Hallelujah. That is, that is the umbrella when you have dominion. It's the umbrella over the entire meaning of the word. Are you with me? Wherever there is authority, there is a throne. And wherever there is a throne, there is authority. God established, in case you didn't know this, I'm sure many of you do, God established thrones. And in those thrones, seen and unseen, in the heavenlies and here on the earth. There are various levels of authority we're going to see here, when I say authority, there's seats or thrones where people have dominion. But we must understand that the greatest power in the universe of all dominion and authority resides at the right hand of the throne of God. Take some time on your own to read Revelations chapter 4. And if that doesn't make you tremble, I don't know what will. We're talking about lightnings. We're talking about rumblings at the power of the Holy One that sits upon that throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the right hand of God resides the fullest extent of all power in the universe. Living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever. Twenty-four elders, they're always falling. Well, you'd fall too, don't blame them. Casting crowns before the Almighty One, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things, and by your will, by your will, they exist and were created. You know, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, I love the, what this said. He said, they said, teach us to pray the very first thing that Jesus said when he's teaching them how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. And see, when Jesus sees that, he sees the throne of the Father. He sees the power of the entire universe residing there. Our Father, which art in heaven. Establish the relationship and then establish the authority and dominion. Then he says, hallowed be thy name. Worship will happen at the throne of God. Search, search it out for yourself. There are elders falling before the throne. Many songs that we sing have to do with thrones. You know, I fall before your throne and worship. Essentially, many of the lyrics come into the holy of holies. Friends, he's holy. It's a holy place. And by the way, you receive your purging by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Don't you be afraid to come before that throne. 
Thank God for the blood of Jesus. We come boldly by that blood. Come into the holy, holy place. Worship at the throne. At the throne of God. Lifting holy hands. To whom? The King of Kings. See, these are not just lyrics. Today, I've done my job properly if I'm able to paint a picture of that royalty. Because, friends, you are a royal priesthood. You're called as a priest and a king unto God. There's authority. What you say means something. What you decree makes a difference. You've been lied to if you think, I'm, who am I? I'm just one person in my little living room seeking God. You're a king and a priest and you can shake kingdoms. You can uproot. You can pull down. You can establish righteousness in the earth. The calling of the priesthood who ministers to a holy God and then exercises kingdom authority. Hallelujah. I, I, I think we've all been very impressed with the pomp and circumstance, as it should be, with the Queen uh, of England, which passed a number of weeks ago. There's so much reverence and you know, protocol involving that. And, and I, I appreciate that. And I want to borrow from that for just about 30 seconds. You too are a king. You too are a queen before God. Hallelujah. And where the word of a king is, make no mistake about it, there is power. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established. Hallelujah. So there's a throne of God. And let me read Colossians 1.16 before I move forward. In the New King James Version, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and what? Invisible. Whether, listen, thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. It is not within my purview today to go into talking about all these classes of thrones or spirits. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to lump them together and let somebody else with greater insight. But understand, who created this? God did. He established thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, All things were what? Created through him and for him. Hallelujah. Now, of course, we're taught in the word and we understand that God gave dominion to man in Genesis. However, man gave it to the devil. But fast forward, surprise, Jesus got it back. And he said, all power and all authority is given unto me. Hallelujah. 
and I'm getting ahead of, ahead of myself. That's Matthew 28, 18, in case you're taking notes. All authority was given to me. Hallelujah. In heaven and on earth. You've got to see this, friends. I like what pastor says. You have to be heavenly minded. <laughs> there are thrones up there. And let me just say this. Those thrones, many of them, not all, many of them are messing with your life. Many of them are messing with your kids. They're messing with your marriage. They're messing with your schools. They're messing with your city and your town. They're trying to mess with your business. There are assignments in the spirit on the dark side trying to mess with you. But God. But God. I am so grateful for this church that taught me about spiritual things. And here's the rub. That prayer in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 1, and also Ephesians 3, talks about how we've been raised up together with Him, seated with Him in heavenly places, far above what? All those powers, right? Just to save time. You hear that often from our pastors. You hear, you're hearing that more and more in the body of Christ. The important thing about that, lest you should fall asleep when that scripture is being read and we're being encouraged to pray that over ourselves, is that you are technically and officially seated with him in heavenly places, which will place you on a throne. Are you listening, kings? And from that place on a throne, you have the ability to take authority over things. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Things that matter in your life. And then things that he'll put in your heart to pray about. When we moved into our neighborhood, oh, by the way, some things are out of control on our city streets. Or did you notice? They're out of control. But when we first moved into our home in San Leandro, there, was, there were a lot of things that were not right. And we began to pray. And there's a difference between prayer, the prayer of petition. And you're asking God to do something. There's a difference between that and then being seated on the throne and saying, No! Oh, no! That is not going to happen, not in my neighborhood, especially not across the street from me. Amen. I'm talking several sex offenders that lived just across the street. I, it, it was almost scary. I said, like, oh, my, I didn't know. And it could scare you if you were to look. I mean, it's, it's on the website, you know. You could go and look and see just how many live near you, like, because they have to register. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you start closing all the blinds? And there was a full-out meth lab back there, right across the street from our house. And there are people coming and going at all hours of the night. Come on now. Don't just sit there and say, oh, look, there's people coming in at all hours of the night. Really? Really? Don't just sit there and say... Well, times are hard. Wow. No, this used to be a nice town. 
I want you to know, my sister Carolyn, she, she, uh, she was telling me about, and I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm, I am trying to get you to take your authority. She was telling me about this website, and I went on there, and it tells you all the, the crime rates. So I appreciate the fact that our local, you know, officials and police department and mayors and all that and governor, they're all doing their best to try to curb crime, but it ain't working because there are spirits at work. So I'm not saying don't pray for our leaders because we're supposed to pray for our leaders that God will help them. (laughs) How many of you know we need help? Our, 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 our leaders need all the help they can get. But when you realize those statistics, I mean, in Oakland, in San Francisco, you're, I mean, your girlfriends took trips to say every single one of them had their car broken into. It's just like clockwork. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a given. If you drive into San Francisco, you're going to get your car broken into. <laughs> uh, but, but violent crime, it said all these things, and the rankings of the most violent cities right? But instead of that striking fear into us saying, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move into a better part of town. I'm going to submit something else to you. Why don't you stay right where you're at and bring a piece of heaven right where your block is? We took authority, not over, you don't take authority over people. We took authority over the spirits, drugs, Illicit sex in the name of Jesus. Violence. Theft. Absolutely. Even assault. And we took authority over that. Well, how do you, how do you take authority, Pastor Tom? Glad you asked. My kids figured that out. Driving through Castro Valley. I've shared this several times. I'll share it again. I'll keep sharing it till I get... Make sure that you got the message. Driving through this really nice family community. And to my right on Redwood Road. What was that, Castro? This Redwood Road. This very unsavory business. Very unsavory. It's like, what is this business doing right here in a family community? This is the kind of business that you'd find at the outskirts of town, you know, far away. But right in the middle of town. And and we just said, no, we're not going to do this. So we, we, we took authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. You are not going to operate in my city, in my town. So it took a little while. But those of you that know the story, we curse that to the roots. Curse every time we drive by. All my kids in the back seat. We, everybody together. Come on. We curse that to the roots in the name of Jesus. Get out of my town. No, you don't. You know, you got to kind of like... Like, you got to be firm like a dog. You don't say, oh, no, no, no. You can't come with me now. Get home, honey. It isn't until you say, no, get. And then it goes, right? So we said, no. Let's keep it real simple. No. Get off of there. Stop it. In Jesus' name, of course. Well, one day, I don't know, we got a little distracted. So we're driving up and there's a stoplight and we're just waiting and it's real quiet. And nobody said anything. We didn't. Do what we always, we've done that for years. How many years we do that? Three, four, five years? We had, how many? She says maybe two years. Okay, I'll take that. 
And this little voice comes out of the back seat. It's time to curse. (laughs) I said, you're right. You are so right. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over that spirit operating through that business. We run you out. We say out with you. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Did you know that that, that there were, there was, there were shootings there? There were other unsavory things going on. But did you know that business closed down? And did you know they opened up a round table pizza? And did you know we had a little victory lap? I had myself a little round table combination pizza. We celebrated the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh? Yeah, and by the way, the pizza, round table pizza is still there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many know that round table pizza on Redwood Road? Oh, hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Take authority. How about our house? Uh, listen, I'm not, we're, I'm not talking to you anything that we don't already know to do, that we haven't done. So we left that meth lab and those sex offenders. Let's get back to that story. Boy, we got a real savory uh, Sunday morning message here, Pastor Tom. Yeah, because this is where we live. So we said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of drugs. You will not do business, not on my block, in the name of Jesus. We took authority over any spirit that would operate over an ex-sex offender or anything or even violence and all the little traffic that was happening. We just bound it in the name of Jesus. You know, we prayed for blessings for the people that own the home, that God would bless them. Somewhere else. (laughs) Did you know they sold that house for the highest price that had ever been sold in our neighborhood before the 2008 or whenever the crash was? Right about that time, that house sold. It was a total junker. What was it, sister? It was a junker. And they got big bucks for that junker. And then some really nice people moved in. so that we could have a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. They remodeled. They even went and built some new things. We have some really nice people living there. That did not happen by accident. Well, you know, that just happened because it was San Leandro. Oh, really? Well, how about Oakland? How about you start taking authority? Do we have any Oakland people here today? Come on. Come on, raise those hands. Hallelujah. You've got, we, we talked about jurisdiction. You've got jurisdiction every place on which your foot shall tread. You work there. You live there. You own property there. Stand up right now. Stand up. We're going to pray right now. In the name of Jesus, we set ourselves in agreement that those spirits cannot rule and reign. We bind shootings in the name of Jesus. We take authority over you in the mighty name of Jesus. We loose the power of God. Angels of God, go and protect the children. Protect the moms and the dads. And while we're at it, we take authority over these thieves that are stealing our catalytic converters. In the name of Jesus, enough is enough. In the name of Jesus. You cannot operate. We call for all of those that are organizing that to be caught and brought to justice in the name of Jesus. And we declare you can't have our catalytic converters in Jesus' name. 
You may be seated. Case in point. Hallelujah. Huh? I'm not going to cover that, but anyway, hallelujah. So, do you see, you see how simple it is? But see, we're not just getting roused up in here. We're taking authority. Where the word of a king is, there is what? There's power. Hallelujah. There's authority and power. So let me just skip a little bit. And let me, let me kind of go into what the crux of the message is. So vital for you, friends, to take your seat of authority. You have the reservation. Your seat is there. It's got your name, seat with your name on it. But you've got to show up. You've got to get on that seat. And I love what you said, Pastor Nancy, at Prayer Encounter. When you said, it's not that you're just going to go there. It's not, authority is not something that, like an exercise that you're going to do and then come away and do something else. You have to own it, live in it, walk in it, sit in it. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You know, they said of Jesus when he was, whenever Jesus would speak, he had this understanding of authority. If it was a storm, he would command it to stop. If it was a demon, he would command it to come out. Hallelujah. And it was amazing. They, didn't, they never saw anything like that before. They said, who is this? We're talking about they were his disciples. And they said, who is this guy that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's right, friends. They obey him. And you know what? The same principle in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Is, it's not like a 7-Eleven convenience store. Yes, God wants you blessed. But come on, let's wake up. People are depending on you to take authority over things in their neighborhood. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I got news for you. I, I was looking at all the crime rates all over, and it's everywhere. There's so many crimes per, and I'm not even going to say the numbers because it's pretty alarming. Like per thousand people, this is how many violent crimes there are. This is how many theft, crimes against property. It's, it's really alarming. But God, huh? Lawlessness. Hallelujah. Lawlessness. But you know what? Remember what's going on. They're, these are spirits that are operating through the children of, the Bible calls it disobedience. But it's pretty amazing. I read several accounts where Brother Hagen in, in some of his books, but this has happened for me too. When I see something acting out, he says, just under, my, under your breath, you just take authority over it. I bind that spirit in Jesus' name. And, you know, and it says in that person, like all of a sudden they, they stop arguing. I, I got to talk about this. Strife. Strife can visit us all. I mean, my wife and I were taking a, a beautiful day yesterday, taking a walk. And it was such a sad thing as we were walking by this one house. The door was open or the window or something. There was this couple going at it. They were yelling. I mean, it was really, really ugly, very escalated, very heated. And I want to tell you, the wrath of man does not work the will of God. We were, we were taken aback at the degree of strife that's going on there. What does the Bible say about strife, friends? You're treat. Okay, uh, uh, say it again. 
That's right. Where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. One minister has put it this way. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Just a thought. It's so alien to us that we are the peacemakers. We are, we are reasonable. The wisdom from above is first of all, first of all, first of all, peaceable. Easy to be entreated. Is that right? In, in other translations like the Amplified, willing to yield. How about this? Willing to listen. Let it be said from the people at Heart of the Bay that we're willing to listen. We're willing to just hear people out. Don't be so snap. What are the, uh, don't quick to snap, jump to conclusions. <laughs> now, what's that exercise? Some people, they just uh, jump to conclusions and running down their neighbors. That's about the only thing they know how to do. Let's not be that, that people. Hallelujah. Let's be willing to listen. And let's get that wisdom from above that is peaceable and finds a win. Hallelujah. You know, praise God. You know, you could, you could win an argument, but you could lose the soul. I would rather lose an argument and acquiesce in order to gain a soul out of love to be all men to all people. Surprise! Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody thinks the way you do, but they can't argue against the spirit of love. You are anointed to be a peacemaker, to bring peace on the scene. Hallelujah. How we get off on all that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let me just read a couple of thoughts, and I, I will not keep you all morning, but I'll say this. I'm reading from uh, Sister Billy's book, and actually, she was quoting Brother McMillan. Let us morning by morning, as one of our first acts of worship, take our seat with Christ and return to God thanks for all that it implies. Let us often remind ourselves that we are seated far above all the powers of the air, that they are in subjection to us. As our faith learns to use the name and the authority of Jesus, we find the spiritual forces yielding obedience in ways that will surprise us. It took me about two years, Kimberly tells me, for us to run that business out of town. When we started taking authority, we lived in Castro Valley for how many years? 12 years? 12 years. So we, we, we lived there. I'm sure that place was there 10 years before and then two years. We finally took authority and then we ran it out of town. There was another business in our, right where I live now. It was one of those dispensaries. I looked like God. I, I got a little honorary. I, I think I got, there was the lion and then the bear. I don't know what Goliath is, but I'm going to tell you something. This one only took a few months. I said, oh, no, you don't. Some dispensary two blocks from my house. That's right. 
And I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit that's operating at that dispensary. You can't do business in my neighborhood. I was so grieved, especially as I see how difficult it is with individuals that get caught up in some of that. And there have been shootings, in case you didn't notice. Have you been reading the paper lately or hearing the news? There's, there have been attacks and raids and different things, fighting about the dispensaries and that sort of thing. Anyway, the important thing is that it's not good news for a family neighborhood. <laughs> so I took authority over that. And I'm not kidding you, I think it was like three months. They shut it down! I drove by that place... <sighs> I drove by that place and said, we've moved. I'm like, yes! Thank you, Jesus. We've moved. You better believe it. Whatsoever of you shall say to this mountain, be moved. And you're sitting in that seat and you understand your responsibility as a king and you speak to that thing, that mountain's going to move. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you that you spared our neighborhood. And I pray for others to rise up in their neighborhoods. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's talk just for a couple minutes and I'm almost done. I mean, you can take just a couple more scriptures, just a few more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have a ministry in the heavenlies that fearlessly binds the force of darkness in any part of the world, especially in your neighborhood, in your, for sure in your family. Oh, I'm going there. You ever had a conversation with someone that you love and all of a sudden you're just missing each other? You just, you're like, what in the world? And it just hits you wrong, like... That did not hit me right. And you get a little bent out of shape and all of a sudden things start to escalate. Surprise, newsflash. Oftentimes when you are having a conversation, two people, there's another party, there's a third party unseen slipping little thoughts. Messing with the missus. (laughs) Messing with the mister. (laughs) And we, we learned that. We've been married 43 years, right? I got it right. Oh, I get a trophy. 43 years. But I, t- I got to tell you something. There, it's, it's like heaven on earth, and thank God for that. Right, missus? But there have been occasions where we were talking this, and all of a sudden, huh, what? You did not just say that. What? Just, that's what you're thinking. And all of a sudden... The Latino wants to come out. <laughs> or the Italian, it doesn't matter. And you know what? We, realized, we, we got real smart real quick. We realized that it isn't just two people in a room. Did you know that occasionally you'll get, you get inspired to say something stupid? Say stupid. That's right. Right in church, everybody say stupid. You'll be inspired to say something stupid that is offensive. Well... Give me scripture and verse. Okay, Peter, when Jesus said, I'm going 
to Jerusalem and I'm going to be offered up. He said, far be it from you. And then Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, so you don't say everything. So he didn't say that Peter was full of the devil, or, or, but, but he was just inspired that thought. Right, so so in one breath, and this all happens within a few breaths of Peter. Right, yeah. goes, oh, thou art the son of the living God. So we got a, we definitely got a Christian here, right? You're the son of the living God. Oh yeah, upon this rock, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm going to go be crucified. Like, oh, far be it from you, get thee behind me, Satan. So one minute you're you're listening to God, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. But the other thing came from somewhere else. <laughs> Hey, we're all vulnerable. <laughs> we all have to be discerning about where stuff is coming from. <laughs> Come on now. So you know that little thought can get in the mid- right in the middle of your conversation. You know what we did? I'll tell you what we did. We recognize. First of all, you got to get your antenna up and recognize that's not us. This is a person that I really love. I never would want to do this to hurt this person ever. So how in the world did we get in this space? And dear Lord, stop. Talk about take authority. So you got to take authority of your flesh. You got to talk to yourself. Don't do that. Don't say that. You got to take authority. The apostle Paul says, I bring my body under. I bring it under subjection. That sounds like authority. So, you know. So we, we, we stop ourselves, take a minute. Okay. <sighs> That's not me. That's not you. Aha! That's a spirit of strife. So instead we join hands, we take authority over the spirit of strife. And just like that, it dissipates. Just like that, it dissipates. And then, of course, you can kiss and make, I'm sorry, honey, I'm sorry too. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Your home is your garden. It's your territory. Try this at work sometime. I'm not talking about kissing makeup. That, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> have a sweet spirit about you. Understand when it's not you. No, you don't have demon boss. There might be a demon behind the boss. <laughs> you don't have demon employee. <laughs> oh, somebody went, well, you never can't tell. <laughs> you go into that scene, take authority over it, and walk in love. It will surprise you when you bring the pizza and say, come on, have pizza with me. Just what love can do. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory. Glory. All right. So I went there, used about five minutes. Oh, boy. Ministry. Yeah, see, sometimes ministry in the heavenlies it, it has to manifest here in, in the earthlies. Hallelujah. So you remember that you've got the authority to bind and loose. Right? Everybody knows that? The prayer of binding and loosing. Maybe, maybe we'll get into that in prayer, prayer encounter. But Jesus said these words. Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Okay, so you're a king, so pay attention. I'm giving you the keys. Whatsoever things you bind... On the earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. Wow, that's some serious privilege right there. Woo, that's a lot of responsibility. Begin binding and loosing. Hallelujah. You have the power to resist the devil. James 4, 7. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
gosh, I wish I had a little bit more time. I'm going I'm to help you out a little bit. I'm going to open up a little something of, of what I've been dealing with. Of late, I have been dealing with an imagination. I could see it played in my mind that I'm getting in a car accident. I, I, could, I could feel like... And I, 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 it's like playing around. And I don't... Don't let thoughts like this just float in your mind. I, t- I take and have taken in the last... I don't know why in the last week it came to me, but I've been taking authority. No! What do you say? Just like training a dog. No! I don't receive that. I will not. I'm not afraid to drive. I commission the angel of the Lord who keeps me in all of my ways of obedience and service. I don't have accidents in Jesus' mighty name. Safety surrounds me in the name of Jesus. You can't just let thoughts like that float around. Am I helping somebody? That especially is important if you've been in an automobile accident recently and then you're kind of rattled like you're nervous to go behind the wheel. You need to get behind that wheel and take your authority in Christ and say, enough is enough. What happened happened, but I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my car and while I'm at it over my kids' cars and while I'm at it over my property and while I'm at it over my church. You will not touch my family. That includes my church family. Try that sometime. Hallelujah. And see, the thing is, you'll never know this side of heaven how many things you've been delivered from. Because you took authority over it, it didn't happen. Don't wait till something happens to start resisting. That's chasing the devil around. You need to be proactive. Did that help any of you about driving? Okay, I'm going to help you a little bit more about driving. Some time ago, a, a number of years ago, I, was, I had just done a, a funeral service. And I was just meditating on the Lord. And, you know, I had driven to go get groceries and that. But prior to that... Earlier that week, I had been praying in the Holy Ghost. So important to pray in the Holy Ghost, friends. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Because I know, I don't know what to pray. I'm interested in what I don't know. So go ahead, Holy Spirit. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, I had this real sour feeling. Like something bad's about to happen. Something kind of really bad. So I'm praying and I'm binding it. I don't know what it is. So I finally go to my wife in our prayer meeting. Husbands and wives, it really helps for you to pray together. And I said, there's something not right. There's a sour feeling. Let's pray. So several days in a row, we just prayed. And we just bound the devil in that. Little did I know that on that Thursday afternoon, I would be driving across there. And there would be a car coming, I don't know, at very high rate of speed. And came in and hit Another car, it happened so fast, right? We all know that experience. It happened so fast. It came this way, and there was another beautiful Lord. The Lord had a, a nearly new Lexus uh, sports one. I don't know what that model, RL something. And it had come, and it hit that car first, then it hit mine. And I didn't even feel anything. But I, I got the picture, if you want to see it later. Demolished the car that was going. And the other car just 
totally the axle fell out and I'm like wow and my car was kind of like boom and of course they totaled it because it's you know they don't want to mess with the Lexus but I later I realized is is this what I was praying about do you know the force that that vehicle would have hit me full force on the driver's side the Lord took care of me I'm just so grateful there's a scripture that says it is of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His mercy. But I got the pictures that just, when you look at that, you go like, wow, you got off easy. That's right. He put a car just in the right spot that would cushion. Nobody got hurt. But those cars were smashed. I mean, really, really smashed up. And I walked away from that. And the worst thing that happened was like, well, I got to arrange for transportations. And, I, and I, it just dawned on me, this is amazing that I'm even walking right now. How, how many of you had near misses that God took care of you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's good every day. I can go all day, but I'm not going to keep you all day because we got to move to some other things. So there are some things in your life that things ought to be said. You ought to speak words over your family. There is a move of God and a promise of God about praying that the hearts of the children would be turned to the fathers. Very, important, very, very important. And it's God's will. He's the one that says that I'm turning hearts back. How about churches? Pray that the church of God would be glorious. Pray that, that the word of the Lord would have free course. Hallelujah. That the church would arise and shine in this hour. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That the Lord would stretch forth His hand and heal. There's so much. There's the schools. I want to thank Melva Bland for writing that marvelous prayer. I didn't bring it with me, but I wrote it in my notes. Uh, and we've run out of time. But you know what? I declare this over my family. I don't know about you, but uh, the, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Pray that for kids. Pray for this generation for that. That all your children might be taught of the Lord, Isaiah fifty four thirteen, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Matthew eighteen ten. beware that you do not despise or feel scornful toward or think little of one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always are in the presence of and look upon the face of my father who is in heaven our kids are precious we should be covering our schools we should be sending angels of protection to surround the schools protect the students parents and teachers from active shooters violence in school grounds terrors which which may come hallelujah we pray against even cyber bullying and social media and bullying on playgrounds bind attacks of the enemy does it make any difference yes it makes a difference. Somebody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. And of course, we should pray over our nation. We should pray for the reign of the Spirit and, and across the world that the reign of the Spirit would fall, that God would raise up champions of righteousness. I believe that He's doing that in this hour. Praise the Lord. And I thank God for a revival that will sweep this land the likes no one has ever seen. Hallelujah. The great, the great awakening in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are to pray for peace. I really like this. I'm going to go ahead and read it. So in the social arena, I like this in the message Bible, Ephesians 2, verse 14 through 18. It says that, that um, and I will read this because there's so much hullabaloo going on. Thank God that we're all of one blood, praise God, created in Christ. The Messiah has made up between... 
things between us so that we're now together on this both non-Jews, outsiders, and Jewish insiders. Apply whoever you are and we are. He tore down the wall. We used to keep uh, each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes. It hindered more than it helped. And then he started over. Instead of continuing, watch this, with two groups or multiple groups of people separated, listen, by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Hallelujah. Cross, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace. The cross got us to embrace. The cross got us to embrace, not a policy, not a politician, not a rebate, not an election. The cross got us to embrace. Now listen, and that, my friends, was the end of hostility. Hallelujah. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals. Praise the Lord. We share the same spirit. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We're going we're gonna to pray over this word. I want to pray over you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for our friends, this church family, both here in person and online. Lord, help us to be strong and courageous in this hour. For you have warned us, God, that in the last days perilous times shall come. But you also said, Lord, that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. And this is a time, Father, of unprecedented move of God. We thank you, Lord, for great salvations. We thank you, Lord, for great stirrings of the Spirit of God. Thank you for the reign of the Spirit. I pray for each family represented. I pray for each person, each Christian. Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray, God, that they would walk in your favor, in the light of your word, and most certainly in the place of authority in which you have endowed them. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. I thank you, Lord, that changes are coming to our community. I thank you that changes are coming to our household. In Jesus' name. Lord, you're teaching us and training us how to talk and how to walk in heaven talk to take authority and to to reign as kings now in this life through him, Christ Jesus. Can you agree with that? Say amen. Amen, amen and amen. You may be seated.